Hello, my rebels. I go through not only the interesting revelations about we charity, but how we thought they would handle the crisis by preemptively leaking the worst details to the CBC so they could break the news rather than more aggressive independent reporters. I think that tells you a lot about the CBC and the whole collusion of the political class, doesn't it? I'll get into that. Plus an interview with our friend Spencer Fernando, that's ahead. Let me invite you to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. It's only eight bucks a month or 80 bucks for the whole year. You get the video version of the podcast, plus Sheila Gunn-Reed's show and David Menzies' show too. Okay, here's today's podcast. Tonight, Trudeau breaks the law again, steering millions of tax dollars to a charity that secretly pays his family. It's July 10th, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Let me start with some disclaimers. Canada Land is a left-wing gossip website run by an unethical man named Jesse Brown. His journalism is often shoddy to the point of being dishonest. He had a brief moment of fame when he uh, helped break the news about Gian Gameshi, the CBC journalist who routinely assaulted women with the CBC's knowledge and protection. It was a great scoop, and Brown actually co-wrote the big breaking story on the subject for the Toronto Star as a guest writer, but he didn't tell the whole story. He just couldn't help himself, and he tweaked it a little bit beyond what the facts could support. The Toronto Star continued to follow the story, but they never let Jesse Brown write on that again for them. My point is, he and his website, Canada Land, they do gutter journalism. Most of the time it's just boring gossip or left-wing whining, but you know, as British Prime Minister Boris Johnson once wrote in a wonderful article about tabloid journalism, he said, only a gutter press can keep clean the gutters of public life. Not everyone can be a high-minded fancy pants like vultures or other carrion-eating scavenger birds. They serve a purpose. Someone's got to do cleanup. Might as well be Jesse Brown. And so I say, unironically, Kudos to Jesse Brown and his left-wing gossip blog for cleaning up Canada's gutters. Just a little bit this week, he did it. It was them, not the CBC, that broke the news that the giant corporation called We Charity has been secretly paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to Justin Trudeau's family, all while Trudeau himself was trying to steer hundreds of millions of tax dollars to We Charity in a bizarre and corrupt scheme the news had been out there a week before about this weird scheme by Trudeau. There, there were obvious little lies. Did Trudeau call we or did, did he not? Who told them they had the deal? Their alibis weren't all straight. It was strange. Why would you ask a private company to run a government program off the books, beyond the reach of scrutiny, instead of the professional civil service with its audits and checks and balances and systems? That's, that's what was going on. They wanted to parcel out nearly a billion dollars to volunteers, which is weird in itself. You don't pay volunteers. So it's all very strange. 
And someone at WE panicked, or maybe it was someone at the PMO who panicked. Really, the organizations are merged, we've since learned. So it was starting to look bad and they just stopped it. Uh, now, Canada Land has been investigating WE for more than a year. It was good work, I admit. And you know it was good work because WE threatened to sue them over it, but they never did sue. In fact, WE, again, very weird, they hired, uh, I think it was a retired judge to write some, almost like a ruling as if a lawsuit had happened. They just rented out uh, a former judge and they paid him to denounce Candleland, but they, they didn't actually sue and take Candleland to a real court. They bought off someone powerful but retired to say, Candleland is mean. Again, it's so weird and so cult-like in a way, isn't it? You, you can't insult the Kielbergers. They'll sue, but in the end they didn't sue. They just hired a big shot and pretended. So Candleland was on the case. And then there was this $900 million scheme that just crumbled. And then just last week, there was this bizarre extreme confessions by a former WE staffer who was working in Kenya talking about crimes and financial skullduggery and the Kielbergers expecting total personal loyalty and silence, again, cult-like. And amongst the admissions that WE had hired a private investigator in Toronto to write a sneaky report about Jesse Brown, including about his wife and his children. Oh my God, like I say, creepy, bizarre, cult-like. I'm no fan of Jesse Brown, but what are you doing going after his kids? That's WE. So pressure was building on WE, the charity, between their schemes and scams and confessions and then the $900 million thing and this private investigator weirdness. Things were vibrating almost. And then, bam, look at this, paydirt. Trudeau family paid hundreds of thousands by WE organization charity says it directly paid for some of Margaret Trudeau's speeches in error. <laughs> sure you did, guys. We says it paid $312,000 for 28 speaking events by Margaret Trudeau, the mother of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, and $40,000 for eight speeches, eight events with Alexandre Sasha Trudeau, the PM's brother. Ah, <laughs> you know, they just kept making those payments in error 28 times. Could happen to anyone. I mean, paying three hundred and twelve grand to the Prime Minister's mom, completely not a bride, people. <laughs> and sending Trudeau's wife and whole family on luxury trips to London just this spring. Didn't they learn anything about taking free trips from the Aga Khan and billionaire island in the Bahamas? But here's the strangest part. Canada Land was on the hunt, putting questions to we in advance, which is good practice journalistically and legally. So we, Charity, thought, how do we do an insider move here? Just like we hired a former judge to write a whitewash of them, how do they play their strengths, their corrupt inside connections? Well, they leaked the story with the bad news about themselves. They leaked it preemptively to the CBC, knowing that the CBC would spin it in the most positive way possible. And so they did. Look at this. See what they did here? They knew the news was coming out, so they just gave it to their PR firm that happens to be called the CBC. Oh, and the CBC did not disappoint. Here's Aaron Wary, the reporter at the CBC who used to actually write stories about Trudeau's socks. Remember him? So he said, uh, one other odd thing about two of those episodes, the Aga Khan and we, is how you can trace them back to Trudeau's own unique life and status. Stephen Harper didn't have to worry about getting invited to the Aga Khan's island and his mother and brother weren't celebrities. Yeah, stop lying, please, Aaron. Um, Trudeau was actually not invited to those islands. Sophie Trudeau kept calling up and saying, can I come, can I come, can I come? Don't put this on the Aga Khan. But even if you take it at face value, Aaron Wary is arguing that it's not Trudeau's fault that he's just 
a moocher and a looter and a grifter and perhaps a thief. You see, he's the victim here because ordinary people don't have the problems that the demigods amongst us do. He's, you can't blame him. We can all learn from this. This is a teachable moment for all of us. Here's CBC's government comedians at their show This Hour Has 22 Minutes. Breaking. Conservative Party calls for a criminal investigation into why the Liberal Party's ratings are so high. <laughs> That's comedy for you. That's government comedy for you. Is that, is that what's really the news here? That conservatives are jealous, that Trudeau is amazing? Aren't comedians spoke to, supposed to make jokes about the powerful? Isn't that what the king's jester used to do? Oh, and moments later, this news broke. Bill Morneau, the finance minister, his daughter works with we. Oh, uh, and again, the CBC was leaked the bad stuff to spin much friendlier than Candle. And Bill Morneau has family ties to we charity, did not steer clear of cabinet discussion of contracts. So two members of different ministers' families have ties to the charity. Uh, and in Morneau's case, two members of his family, one is a, a paid contract employee. So um, they're corrupt. I think they're all corrupt. Uh, the Liberals fired the two non-corrupt souls in the whole of Cabinet, Jody Wilson-Raybould and Jane Philpott quit in solidarity with her. And, you know, nothing happened. Trudeau won re-election. He took it as a vindication. But here's the question I'm really scared about. If Justin Trudeau's family has secretly been taking huge sums of cash from we without telling us, and the Cabinet's all involved in it too, who else is paying the Trudeau family? What other companies, what other lobby groups, what other foreign embassies? Don't forget Trudeau's brother, Alexandre Trudeau, who took a payoff from we. He published a book with the Chinese government. Remember that? The book now, being a barbarian in China, in the new China. Uh, so why the book and why that title? Well, the book itself, it is sort of an organic phenomenon. The uh, Chinese wanted to write a book on my father's visit to China, and they asked me to write, this was in 60, and they asked me to write the preface, and the Canadian edition was published in Vancouver. They published it, so they asked me to write a longer preface, and I said, fine, uh, but I would like to go back to China and get into things, rediscover the country. And when I went there, I found I had so many things to say that they said, well, we can't put that in a preface, so we'll put it in a section. And actually, we'd like you to write a full book on it. So Alexandre Trudeau was hired to write a propaganda book for China. How much did China pay him for that? And what, if anything, are they paying Trudeau's mom or his wife? Stay with us for more. One of my favorite independent journalists, one who's not on the take from Trudeau's media bailout, is an independent journalist based in Winnipeg, Manitoba. You probably know him. His name is Spencer Fernando, and I'm delighted to talk with him again today. Spencer, great to see you again. This is a scandal about Justin Trudeau, but in a way, it's also a sign of what happens when you put the media on the Trudeau payroll too, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, just the way it's been covered, they really didn't want to cover it until Canada Land uh, really brought it to attention. Then the Rebel did a lot of reporting on it. I've been reporting on it. And really, I think the establishment media has been shamed into giving the story any coverage at all. Yeah, one thing that I, I, th I think this is the timing. I think Canada Land was really going at it hard. Uh, 
and it was about to break, so we knew that if they gave the scoop to the CBC, they would be treated friendlier than <laughs> if Canada Land had brought it out. So I think that's a move that companies or governments do sometimes. They say, do we have a pet in the media who will be gentle with us? We know the news is coming out. Who's going to be the gentlest? I think it speaks volumes that they knew the CBC would go easy on them. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crisis communication 101. If you know a scandal is going to come out, then you release it first. You try to beat the story and you try to get it to someone you think is going to be uh, supportive or friendly. Yeah. And the real issue is, you know, the CBC, we all pay for it. So it, it's not supposed to be friendly to friends of the Liberal Party. So the fact that they even felt like the CBC would be friendly in and of itself, that's uh, a pretty serious problem. I want to read from your website, SpencerFernando.com. You make some great points. I didn't see this. Uh, I mean, this is a, it's a subtle point, but it's actually really important. The headline is, Amid We Scandal, CBC writer portrays Trudeau as victim of his own status. So I can't even read that, Spencer, without laughing. Manages to shoehorn Harper into the conversation. I mean, yeah. tell me a little bit about that. That's Aaron Wary, am I right? That's the CBC. I, I call him their house liberal. He just knows the game plan. Try and deflect. Try and you know. Try and blame Harper if you can. Harper hasn't even been in the public. He hasn't said a word about this. But that's the CBC's playbook, isn't it? Yeah. So he put out a series of tweets, and he said basically, "Oh, this never really would have happened if Justin Trudeau wasn't so famous and didn't have such high status." And just just like the Aga Khan scandal, you know, it's not really his fault. He has all these high-profile friends. So that itself is bad enough, you know, making excuses for it. But then at the end, he says, oh, you know, just like the liberals, I guess, have a problem with Trudeau's status. Uh, the conservatives had a problem with Harper being too controlling. And so, again, what does Stephen Harper have to do with this at all? It's like it's such an obvious tactic uh, to deflect blame, to bring up something else. And again, you know, when the conservatives have scandals, you never see coverage like that. It's never like, oh, here's some context to what some are calling a uh, Andrew Scheer scandal. It's just no huge scandal. He has to answer for it. He has to go down. But when it's a liberal scandal, oh, no, here's, you know, th the context is really important here. And, you know, maybe Stephen Harper was even worse. Maybe we should talk about that. So, again, you know, we're paying for this crap. Yeah. You know, I'm glad Aga Khan was brought up. That's the billionaire philanthropist. I actually like the Aga Khan. I, I think he's a very moderate and progressive force in Islam. I like the guy. Whether or not we should be giving tens of millions of dollars to his programs is another question. But the reason Trudeau was convicted of breaking the Conflict of Interest Act by going to the Aga Khan's private island in the Bahamas was precisely because it looked like a quid pro quo. The Aga Khan wanted money from Canada for his works. All right. But Trudeau was taking a private gift from the Aga Khan. It looked like it was an I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine in return for a $100,000 luxury vacation. I'll get a lot of dough from you. That's how it looked, and he was convicted of that. Well, here we are again, and here you have Trudeau's family, his wife, his mom, his brother, taking free trips, including the recent free trip to London for his wife Sophie, but also more than $300 in plain old cash. And look, in return, there's the quid pro quo handling a $900 million benefits program, taking a huge cut of things, sole source contract. I'm glad Aaron Wary brought up Aga Khan because it shows that Trudeau hasn't learned a thing other than to add a few zeros to the size of the scam. Yeah, I mean, it's the same attitude. I wrote something for the National Citizens Coalition 
that went out today and basically said, you know, the big problem here is Justin Trudeau thinks he's better than the rest of us. He thinks the rules don't apply to him. Uh, he thinks he should get to live kind of the lifestyle of a celebrity while also being the prime minister. I mean, you can pick one or the other, you know, live the life of a prime minister, be modest when you serve the country. And then when you're done, yeah, if you want to go be a celebrity, do whatever you want. But he tries to combine both of them. He yeah. thinks the rules don't apply to him. And think of what would happen to any of us if we did anything, even one-tenth of what he did, right? The full power of the government will be brought down upon us. So Trudeau, he just he thinks he's better than the rest of us. He thinks the rules don't apply, and he thinks he should keep getting away with it. Yeah. You know, I don't want to bring in spouses of politicians or families of politicians because 99% of the time it's irrelevant and it's a bit mean to bring them in. But in this case, it is relevant because the family took the money, over 300 grand. And in particular, Sophie Trudeau, uh, it looks like she didn't take that much cash, but she took a luxury trip with the whole family to London, England, where they met the celebrity actor Idris Elba. London's a very expensive city, and to travel in that high style that the Trudeaus have become accustomed with that whole entourage, there's no way that was less than 20, 30, 40 grand. And I read the Aga Khan conflict of interest report, and believe it or not, Spencer, it was Sophie that was calling the Aga Khan's daughter, Princess Zara, and saying, can I bring my girlfriends over? Can we come over? She was the one who was really driving, going back to that island again and again. And I, you know, again, I, I don't think it's normally fair to criticize a spouse, but I have to say I knew Laureen Harper pretty well. She was the most, most down-to-earth gal you ever imagine. Uh, her idea of a vacation was hiking in some mountain somewhere in Canada. There was no <laughs> private jets. There was no calling up a princess. I have to th and let me give a drop of sympathy to Justin Trudeau. Maybe some of this is Sophie <clears throat> demanding that Kardashian lifestyle. It sure was with the island in the Bahamas. Yeah, well, in some ways, I'd say that's almost insulting to the Kardashians because at yeah. least they're doing their own money, right? right. They in the private sector. Here you've got people who, I mean, you know, I think, you know, the big issue is whether it's just the whole Trudeau family or just the attitude is they want to keep living a certain lifestyle when they're serving the country. And it's really not compatible at all. And, you know, you have a situation where Trudeau thinks that the rules don't apply to him. Yeah. And in some ways, I can see why he thinks that, because what, what's the worst that happens to him? Well, he, oh, he's found guilty. Oh, he gets fined a little bit, gets a little bit of criticism. You know, the way to really punish politicians in the system doesn't really exist because the punishments for ethic violations are tiny. Yeah. So I think, you know, it has to be done at the ballot box or the conservatives are talking about criminal uh, investigation. I think that needs to happen, too. You know, there needs to be some fear in the, in the minds of some of these politicians. That they're going to actually pay a criminal price if they start breaking the law and treating our tax dollars like it's their own personal plaything. Yeah, and now we see news that Bill Morneau, the finance minister, his family is involved with We Charity as well, uh, including as a uh, paid staffer. I, I, I want to ask you this. I mean, I thought that the SNC-Lavalin scandal was huge. In, I mean, to have a sitting justice minister quit and then another cabinet minister, Jane Philpott, quit in solidarity and basically called Trudeau a liar, record a conversation where they were clearly pressured, if he could survive that politically, I'm worried that there's no check and balance in Canada, especially with Parliament really not in full tilt anyways, with his hand-picked RCMP commissioner, if she wouldn't touch SNC-Lavalin, 
how likely is she to do anything here? I'm worried he's going to get away with it, Spencer. Yeah, well, we also have to consider, too, the media. I mean, much of the establishment media, uh, really, they cover up for him or they minimize it. I think we're starting to see the rise of uh, independent media becoming a lot stronger in this country. It's not quite at the point where it rivals the strength of the establishment media just because of the money that, in many ways, Trudeau is throwing into that old system. But you're starting to see it at least force the media to cover more stories, uh, even when they don't really want to, force the government to respond to things they don't want to. So I think it is starting to change, but it's not changing uh, right away. And, you know, the establishment media still has a lot of power. A lot of people only get their news from there. And so it takes a lot to wake people up sometimes. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the the conservatives, they're also in the midst of a leadership race. They're not really in a position to do much at this point. Yeah, that's a good point. Hey, uh, you mentioned the rise of the independent media, and I was talking to Candace Malcolm of True North the other day. She started the Independent Press Gallery. Uh, mm -hmm. We have applied for our journalists here, and I know some others have. Do you mind if I ask you, have you followed that at all? Have you looked at what she's doing, and would you consider joining the Independent Press Gallery too? Yeah, I think it's a great idea. I mean, I've been pretty critical of the, the press gallery, uh, the, the current press gallery in Ottawa for some time. I think it's a great initiative by Candace, and I definitely will be applying. I think well, it's, isn't that it's great. good to well, see. You know, hopefully what you talked about, the growth and strength of independent voices, we sure need them now more than ever. Well, listen, my friend, it's great to talk with you. Thanks for taking the time to join us via Skype. And I want to encourage our viewers, and I said this before when Candace was on the show, uh, it behooves all of us to support any independent voices in Canadian journalism. And I know Spencer Fernando, like us, doesn't take a dime in government money, so let me invite you to go to spencerfernando.com and chip in what you feel comfortable doing. He's an important voice in Manitoba, and I believe he's an important voice nationally. It's great to have you on the show, and hopefully some of our Rebel viewers will become Spencer Fernando viewers. I know some of them already are, but it's great to cross-pollinate a bit. Good luck, my friend. Thank you, appreciate it. All right, there you have it, Spencer Fernando. Stay with us, more ahead. Hey, welcome back to my monologue last night. LB writes, as David always says, rules for thee, but not for me. Excellent reporting, Rebel News, keep up the good work. Thanks very much, you know, um, sometimes I feel like we are alone, but there's good guys out there like Candace Malcolm and Spencer Fernando. Maybe Spencer was right when he says there's an alternative group of independent journalists rising. Grace writes, everyone is an essential worker. Well, it's true. In their own lives, in their family lives, to put bread on the table, of course they are. And why not let people choose for themselves? On my interview with Lauren Gunter on Trudeau's We Day scandal, Paul writes, Rampant corruption is business as usual for the Liberals. I'm betting we're only seeing the tip of the Liberal corruption. I think you're so right. And I was thinking back to the glory days when <laughs> Stephen Harper's government uh, buying a $16 orange juice from the hotel bar fridge. That was a fireable offense. Now you've got the PM himself hoovering up hundreds of thousands of dollars via his family. I bet it's like the Clintons ran that whole scheme when uh, Bill Clinton was in private life and Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State and they just had hundreds of millions of dollars pouring into the Clinton Global Foundation. I bet the Trudeaus are millionaires many times over during the same period of time. And frankly, how would we ever know? That's the show for today until Monday. On behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night. Keep fighting for freedom.